Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning. We are so glad to welcome you, and we are very pleased to be talking today about a topic that no matter how many times we discuss it, we discover new ways to transition successfully because perspectives change for everyone, and the experience is not a one-size-fits-all, as you already know. And we're going to be talking today with Donna Hoffmeyer, who has written a wonderful new book that you can pre-order at this point called Warrior to Patriot Citizen, a Military Transition Guide. And just if you are near a computer or have a browser near you, you can find their website at warriortopatriotcitizen.com. And we will be talking about all things transition today. Donna, welcome to our program. Thank you, Linda. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I I think one of the most interesting parts is how someone became interested in writing about transition. There's usually a backstory to it, and I I would love to hear yours. There's always a backstory. You're right. So um, my job in the military is a a clinical case manager, um, but I work at a a headquarters level. So um, I actually specialize in the Garden Reserve, Mm -hmm. and Over and over, I see many people that go through a medical board um, and how stressful it is Mm -hmm. because they want to be in their career. They want to be in the military. They want to stay. And frequently found myself being the first ones to tell them, I think you're going to go through an MEB. Mm -hmm. And I would watch because I would have them sometimes six months to a couple years them go through this whole transition of denial and anger and frustration and mad. And, and then, you know, eventually they just accept it, but they hate it. And it's just a whole process that they go through. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the beginning. That was years ago. I've been doing this for six, seven years. So that was years ago that always stuck in my head. And then one day I was on the computer on Facebook, my girlfriend from college, was making some comment about the military and one of her friends put under the comments, the military, when military service members transition, they need a new mission. And it really resonated with me. I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So weirdly I said, yes, you're exactly right. He said, call me. And I said, okay. And then we started talking and he had told me he had written books before about various things And I said, forget all those other books. You need to write a book about transition. You need to write about finding a new mission and yada, yada. And he's like, okay, write it with me. And I said, excuse me? And he said, write it with me. I said, "Um, okay. (laughs) And I went upstairs and looked at my husband and I said, I'm going to write a book. And he is like, you what? (laughs) I said, I'm going to write a book. (laughs) So honestly, that's exactly how it started. Um, And it and then with anything that you start organically, it, it kind of builds its own story. So as we wrote, started writing it, we actually wrote it from a whole transition perspective, not just somebody that's getting a medical board. Good. Because transitions happen so many ways. Either 
Ben's case, um, I was done, time to go. Got it. Other people, they have a riff, a reduction in force. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, sorry, here you go. You're, you're out. Here's our military pink slip. And they're not ready for that. Um, and other people, medical, you know, and sadly, other people, administrative mm-hmm. or disciplinary. And, and whether disciplinary or not, you still have a life to live, right? Well, and you had expectations. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, it's a, it's a grave disappointment to people to leave. Some, as you said, that's very interesting that you put that in that order, because I think that's something that people don't acknowledge much. Before the show, we were talking about the fact that you work well, I believe you actually said it on the show. You work also with National Guard and Reserve, who have mm-hmm. some very different roles, and in these series of conflicts, have played a very large role. And so, you're transitioning even while you're active duty, let alone following active duty. Well, and I think the Guard and Reserve actually pay sometimes a bigger cost mm-hmm. because. When let's in an MEB situation where they're med- getting medical medical boarded, evaluation board, right? Yes, when they're getting boarded, sometimes you take. Um, well, I'll give you an example: a para rescueman that uh, uh, that is going to, you know, get boarded. Maybe he's a firefighter on the outside. Mm-hmm. He might have just lost both jobs. He lost his entire life. His entire identity mm-hmm. is gone. And now that he's going to start all over again and how, and it's so stressful for them to go through this. And as it's going through the different stops, they don't know what that rating is going to be. They don't know, you know, they have to get over 30% mm-hmm. in order for them to get a, a military medical retirement. Mm-hmm. If it's less than that, it's a severance. That's very stressful to them. And even when they do get the retirement, it's not like they're getting their full pay, I mean, unless you're hitting high, high, high percentages, mm-hmm. if you're getting 30 to 50 percent, I mean, it's, you know, they're not getting a lot there. Well, it's not enough to live on. Right. Exactly. So so the point is that that, that whole life is shattered. They just lost their civilian career now and their military one will compensate, but who knows if it's going to be enough to compensate, you know? You bring up such important points that are rarely talked about, and that is the mental, emotional changes that take place. Because yeah. I think so often we, we talk about the logistics, but the, the one you just described, the example you just provided, that is a perfect example of someone who has to thoroughly adjust their mindset, their future expectations, their family's expectations, uh, their financial situation. And that's not much different from those who are wounded in combat who come back. But if you are wounded in combat, there's a whole different process that you go through and you have a little more certainty than you do in the case of what you just described. But talk a little bit about the fact that there's not a great deal of support for, okay, we understand you're going through a lot of stress. More there is a, a, what do you call it, a priority on... All right, here's what you do next. Logistics, black and white. Boom, boom, Military. Boom. Yeah, yes, <laughs> Military. very much so. so I think it's all tied together because of, in life's events, loss of a job, loss of an occupation, loss of a buddy, all of those things are emotional yes. you know, tornadoes. So I described it like this. I was just actually talking to my husband about this, and I said, this is where it would miss. I said, we're in the military and everybody's an asset. We all know that, mm-hmm. right? You sign the line, you're an asset. That's mm-hmm. that. So 
that's how we're treated. You're going to go to your appointments. You're going to go do this. You're going to deploy. You're going to this. You're going to, I mean, you're, you're just told these are the things you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And when we break, the asset is not what breaks. The human breaks. Mm-hmm. We don't know very well how to deal with humans. We know how to deal with assets. And so what I see happen is that the uh, sometimes leadership, supervisors, the, the, the environment, you know, nothing particular, but the environment is taught when the asset is starting to break, you, you, get, mil- you get them to line back up, right? You got to line them back up because you got to keep them going. Mm-hmm. But then they don't know what to do when that break is too far. The human is broken now. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it, especially with people like PTSD is, is one that's mind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. when they see somebody that is very like one of their top people and they have been doing it and they've been given it and then they break. And I've had commanders say to me, I don't know who this person is. Right. And right. The human broke. And now what do we do with that? Well, and then you're also faced with the term you use, the human broke, is discouraged in the military because we don't want to say that PTSD breaks people, but in reality, your life has changed forever. It cannot be cured. It can be managed, but you must have treatment. And yet there's enormous resistance based on the culture to get treatment for some of these invisible injuries and even some of the visible ones. Yes. And so there's this huge conflict within the military medical system and, as you pointed out, the leadership. And I think there's these nuances that that really make a difference in how successful someone can take the next step. Would you agree? Yes, because it until, you know, we do have stuff in place, and I, I do give the military credit, we do have things to help. But Mm -hmm. the problem that we run into is that the, you're, like I said, you're dealing with this environment that is, we've got to go. Commanders have missions to accomplish. That is that they, they do not have the ability to go get the bandaid and put the bandaid on the wound. We, they have support for that. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that that support's also flooded. <laughs> yeah. So trying to make it all work is definitely not beautiful. And there's the beauty, beauty for lack of better terms, what is good is that there is many, 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 many resources out there that we can refer to for assistance and for help. But it's they've got to make that step and put their hand out, and that's the scary step because exactly what you said, the military mindset is, I'm not broke, I'm not broke, I'm not broke. And the more subculture you get in the mindset, the more, less you're broke. Like I bet Ben would tell you there's nobody broke in the Marines, but yet I've pulled the guy out with portal hypertension that I'm pretty sure is not alive today because he wasn't broke. You, you see, so the more subculture you get the less broke you are. And then when you do break, they're catastrophic breaks for those guys. And you just described a scenario that I think happens far too often, but I appreciate you putting it out there because it will resonate with many people who thought, you know, I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me that went through this. The more people talk, which is my 
my biggest message to everyone is to talk about these things because while it exactly. is contrary to the culture, talking about these things puts it out in the open. And whenever you shine a light, it's the greatest disinfectant. And so we really can talk further about why it's important. And I, we're coming up on a break right now. And we will continue this discussion with Donna Hoffmeyer about these nuances that you don't often hear about transition but also the logistics and the importance of the steps to take to make yourself into the best person, best civilian you can be once you have served your time. We will be back after these short messages. Stay with us. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. have a lot of spizzeringtum or the will to win, and you have a strong desire to be a part of your favorite sports team, the National Hockey League might be for you. Did you know that if both goalies on an NHL hockey team are injured, anyone at the game is eligible to step in and play the part? Teams have resorted to using their coaches, team owners, and even their web designers to fill in for injured goalies. It's as simple as slipping into your breezers or hockey pants. The original hockey puck was made out of frozen cow dung. The fastest puck shot on record was clocked at 114 miles per hour. And I'd like to take this opportunity to send out a special thanks to the men and women of our armed forces serving our country around the world. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has the unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Donna Hoffmeyer about transition and all the various aspects, some of which you may really not have heard discussed a great deal, but with her background in psychology and clinical case management, and especially working with the Garden Reservists, there is there is a lot here that we are going to cover. So we talked prior to the break about some of the emotional transitions and and how assets turn into, okay, I've got to move on because I'm a leader. I've got to be able to deploy my next uh, battalion. Where do I go next? And so 
talk about it in the general terms. We talk specifically about what happens with either injury um, or, or RIF. You're, you're right. Reduction in force can be a shock too. Talk about it in general across all of the services. And then I'd love to break into what you see as the differences among the branches of the service. So um, in the bigger picture, well, just to clarify, I don't have my background's nursing. Nursing. I, okay. It, it's, the psychology part is I've been doing this for six years. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty I think sure that, I, that qualifies as experience. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely. In the big picture transition, it it affects everybody. So one of in my book I did an interview and I did two people. I did one that was getting out, kicking and screaming, didn't want to. Um, and it was through medical. And I another one um, I interviewed was he made the choice for his family um, and he, he was good with it, but he still had a little more to give. Mm-hmm. So it, if you just read the interviews, the tone in them are completely different. One of them still kicking and screaming. There's a lot of swear words in it. And he was, you know, and he was hooping and hollering. I said, yeah, just give me what you got. It's going in the book, you know, <laughs> and, but I wanted to get people to hear, to hear it. Yeah. I wanted the to real- feel it. The yes. real self. They're yes. Pissed. Mad, you know? And then the other one was just, I have more to give, but I'm accepting this because my family can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And and he could see that his kids were really, really suffering. And um, he said, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna accept this and I'm gonna go. They still had some loss, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them went down swinging. And just mad and angry. And, and I'll tell you what happens is that when they are going out and they don't want to be, mm-hmm. it gets sometimes misinterpreted as that they're trying to milk a system or malinger. Uh. And I have to like kind of give a different perspective to commanders sometimes and try to say like, listen, how about we replace those words with scared, unsure, frustrated, um, you know, and I go through and explain it, you know, it's kind of like try to walk in their shoes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've had them frequently go, well, I never looked at it that way. I'm like, of course, I mean, you never had to, why would you? Right. For the people that are going, there's still, um, stress, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole book, the whole purpose of the book is a think is to be thinking. So are you ready? So if you're choosing to go, whether it was like Ben going at four years or somebody else choosing at 10 or 15 years, are you ready? Or maybe you got it unexpectedly. Hey, you got a riff. Are you ready? And people are like, well, how am I going to be ready if I don't know what's coming? You should always be ready because you should always expect that it could just turn at a drop of a hat. Life it can. can change in Life. a second. Yeah. So to, I always tell people like, you want to, I want to see people when they get out, do what they really want to do. Because in the military, many people are saying, oh yeah, I loved my job. I did this and that. But there's plenty of people that have walked into rooms, myself included, and hear, hey, you're going to do this. I'm like, I'm going to do what? You're going to do this. I don't know anything about that. Well, you're going to learn. I'm like, okay. We've heard, voluntold is what we call it. Oh yes. Uh-huh. We've heard it a thousand times. So You've done all your voluntold. You've been away from your family. You've sacrificed, sacrificed. You've rationalized the sacrifice. We have to. If we don't, we wouldn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
what do you want to do when you get out? Do what you want to. So set yourself up now. So the whole book is set up to say, are you thinking? Are you thinking about what your future could look like? Are you going to school? Like my husband, he retired three years ago. Mm -hmm. The agreement was he was going to have his master's degree before he retired because he wanted to eventually teach school. Mm -hmm. And so he did. He got his master's. And and I'll tell you the dis- the difference. My husband was a, a paramedic and then became a loadmaster. Okay, mm-hmm. he got, his degree is in history and a master's in humanities. Completely different than all of Very that. Very different. But he's a thinker. Yes. And so when he got when he got his master's and he he finished his time in the military and he got out and then um, he got back into work um, and he decided, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna to go back because honestly our children were at a school that we really really liked and we want to keep them there so he says all right I'll go back to school I mean to work on base to keep our kids there you know mm-hmm. to make I'm like oh, okay great then he says you know I still want to teach I said well do it you know mm-hmm. and he's teaching online so every night Brilliant. after he gets he does his one online class every night because the goal is when the kids are at a, they're on base. So when I retire and then they're in a position where they'll let them continue through all the way to graduation, he can stop and he can go full time teaching. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, are you thinking, I'm not saying you have to kill yourself, but get your degree. If you want the degree, volunteer at things that, that you are interested in, because what you may find out is you might love it in one sense, but you might not like all the backdoor stuff that goes on that you have to handle also. Do you, you like it? You bring up a point that I think is so critical because military families are often very close. Mm-hmm. And what you just described in your own personal situation was teamwork, mm-hmm. recognizing the strengths in each, recognizing what their hopes and dreams were, recognizing the current strictures of the moment, and you two worked it out together. I think that happens a lot. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we always encourage people, I run veterancaregiver.com, so people are medically retired out of the military, often against their will, is that you know use your family member because everyone does serve, and together you are better and stronger. But talk to me about those to whom the military structure was everything. They're not used to talking to family about anything that they do. And suddenly now, wait a minute, I don't have the structure I had. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to go do. I don't even know what I want to do. Um, Well, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but how do I go about doing that? I think that's a stagnation point for many people as they face the year before they're going to leave, if they know they're going to leave, and thinking doesn't come easily. Do you have some tips for starting them down that road? I like when you talked about volunteering. I think that's a very strong one. Are there others? So there's, there is, um, and I, you know, I just learned, well, actually, let me backtrack. When you, when you said that these people that are literally hardcore Mm -hmm. militaries, everything, guess what happens? Depression, anxiety, depression, they'll kick Mm -hmm. in. I I exceeded a thousand times. Right. So, so when that time frame is coming, they are, they got to be creative thinkers, right? So the very first thing that I think none of us do is a needs assessment. 
There's mm. something like 44,000 nonprofits out there for like military people. And the book has, I have 12 pages in it that, that probably just touches the, the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Resource Directory actually got a hold of me and said, can we have your book to pull the resources off? <laughs> I because said, sure. they can't, you can't find anything on the NRD. But okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll leave, so they, I'll leave they that. Pulled, they yep. pulled mine off and I don't know what's in there, but I said, sure, how about it? So, um, so needs assessment. What? And, and that's not easy because people will say, well, I mean, I like animals or hey, I like that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No. Like, you got to get down and dirty. Like, what do you like? Like, if somebody says to me, John, I'm like, what do you like? I'm like, oh, I tell you what I like. I love connecting people. Like, my husband just laughs at me because somebody will call me and ask me stuff. And he goes, oh, there goes the Rolodex in our head. Right. I, I, I love to connect people and watch it happen. When I, when I do my, my caring for my service members, I pull in these huge external teams and, um, people are blown away. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like the, or, you know, the conductor in the orchestra. I don't really do anything. I'm like, you, 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 you're all smart. Come on together. Let's talk. And then they all talk and boom, this magic happens. And there you go. And then I also just found five more people to network with that I can use for other things. Ah, but you are unique. There's only a small handful of, and I'll include myself in this group, a small handful of those who are very, very willing to say, I know people that you could talk to. I yeah. think you should talk to this person. Networking is not natural in the military, no. and it's one of the hardest things for people to learn. I always suggest yes. that they put a LinkedIn profile together yes. and that they join groups on um, LinkedIn and other groups. There are Facebook groups, etc. whatever turns you on. But it, it really is important to connect people together. And the more we do that, people like you and I, the more they go on to connect to other people. Yeah. There's and, a whole chapter in our but, book. But and, as long as people aren't siloed, that's what I see is too much siloing. You know, I'm not going to tell you about this group because they only work with these kinds of people. And, and I just like to see the walls come down and yeah. everyone talk and collaborate because together we are a lot stronger and resources someone may never have thought about could be connected yeah. and be the answer. But when it does happen, I have seen people then connect with others and pass it forward so amazing I am very pleased to hear what you're telling me because I have found that to be a hurdle for many service members because they don't know how to network we have about a minute till a break give a few tips on networking that you would give I tell people don't be braggadocious you have to worry about that that's what scares them just tell them about you just say hey yeah this is I've done this and think about your skill set like hey I'm really good at connecting people or I'm really good at thinking on the fly Mm -hmm. or I'm really good at or I have an interest just tell them your interest I mean you and I just talked and we're like oh heck we're talking the same language (laughs) just at a random right and and this whole thing was random I literally saw this on Facebook I went hey I'm going to call that person random random <laughs> random that's Here because we we're problem resolvers but i think right. the military are often the most creative problem resolvers which they may not consider themselves that but they right. really are they have solved problems on the fly in the field downrange at home mm-hmm. and they can do it again and so we are going to go on another break we'll be right back i promise and we will continue talking about How do you use your own problem resolver skills to get to the next step as a civilian? We'll be right back. 
Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. resolutions don't work if a person is a mess. That's someone who clings to a bad habit. 88% of Americans make at least one New Year's resolution and 80% of those folks fail by January 20th due to the dislike and fear of change. What's the word for the fear of change? Kynatophobia. With quite a few related to losing weight, at least you don't have to lose as much weight this year to be average as 66% of Americans are now considered to be overweight. Don't feel bad if you don't keep your New Year's resolution. It's hard to be flaskustable. That means changeable, from an old French word meaning to bend. If you're celebrating at a New Year's party, try not to get carried away. In fact, try to leave without any help at all. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Donna Hoffmeyer. Let's talk again about problem resolution and how we can use those skills to to do some of that self-thinking self-awareness part that i don't think comes naturally to too many people you mentioned braggadocious when you're networking you know most military are very understated yes they maybe had never even made a list of what am i good at what am i not even what i love what am i good at Mm -hmm. um you know where am i (laughs) Where am I that's, lit up inside? Does that make sense? That's a very good point. So I'm, I'm laughing that you said exactly that <laughs> because because um, I, when I was writing the book, my daughter at the time was about three mm-hmm. and we were watching uh, Tangled mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden there's a scene in Tangled where the um, all these henchmen, the bad guys, mm-hmm. were in this bar and there's a guy that has a hook and they go break into song and dance. And they're talking about like, hey, I'm really good at beating up people and being a bully. <laughs> but I really want to be a concert pianist. And I'm telling you. That's that, I'm like, very similar I to what we're talking about. fell off the couch. And I went running. Brian's like, what are you doing? I'm like, that's, that's going in the book. I'm telling you, that's exactly the military. Right. Is that. We do so many things and we develop skills because we're doing it. Like I walked in the door one day and this happened to me twice. Once I walked in, they said, you're the boss. I'm like, 
no, I'm the assistant. They're like, not today. You became the boss. I'm like, excuse me. And I walked into another in the middle of a meeting and little did I know the meeting was about me. And they're like, you're now the readiness officer. I'm like, see the nurse corps badge. No, you're a readiness officer now. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So guess what? I grabbed my pen and paper. I went to people that were smarter than me and I said, I I have to do this. And I always call it getting dunked into the deep end of the the tar pit. Right. And so now then after a while, you're just like, okay, it doesn't phase me. I'll learn it. So we got to take all that. And when we come out the door and I'll tell you, our enlisted are better at this than the officers. They, and I'll tell you why, because I watched and I, I mentored under many senior enlisted people, well, mm-hmm. junior, senior, a lot of enlisted people. And what I watched was how they learned to network. So when the officer says, hey, I need this thing done and da, 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 they're, they have all the rule books on how it's supposed to be done. And they're like, yeah, we'll get that done, boss. And they go network it and get it done. And you're like, but they've got a mission. So they accomplish it. And they accomplish the mission. So they they don't, they do not give themselves enough credit for their abilities. They network all the time. They just don't. And they cut through red tape. And they get it done. And those are things that are valued no matter where you are. But unless you recognize that you're doing that, People will sit there and say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I, I did logistics. And, and they can't translate it. Do you right. think that translation is a lot of the problem? Or do you think that they simply aren't being asked the right questions? And uh, do you ask those questions in the book? Both. Yeah, actually, we, we talked to them about transitioning your skills. Like one, one of the funniest ones was one time I was talking to one of my service members. And he was a, he's a JTAC. He's a, the guy that goes out and calls in. Um, the the planes to drop bombs and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was I was saying okay, tell me what your skills are because he had lots of anxiety because he was getting out and he didn't know what he could do and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I said what are your skills and he goes I take orders and kill the bad guy and I was like okay so sniper is not at the job fair. And I, I can assure you that USA Jobs does not have that posting up there. So now let's break that down. You think fast on your feet. You are a follower and a leader at the same time. You are able to take a disorganized situation and chaos and make it organized so people are safe and lives are saved. Mm-hmm. Um, like you are able to not only take the order. But when needed, you're the one to give the order in a crisis situation. So I'm like listing out all this stuff. And he was like, oh. And when he got out, it's funny, the little things he did. He actually, one of them was doing security for some high-end, um, very wealthy family. That, mm-hmm. And his buddy like was like, yeah, I want you to do it. I said, that totally fits you. Mm-hmm. All the stuff you have to think about to do that because on the outside it looks like you're sitting in your car eating your donut mm-hmm. nobody knows what's really going on to handle that whole situation so so you coached him through that that's how I would describe it sort of yeah what you about those people who don't have that person that says you know here's what you do in other words you see right, the value right. in them from both sides the military yeah. side and how it translates and I think they're I'm sure there are many people like that out there, but they're not easy to find. Is there, is there a way that you can identify those who could help them? Because I think 
coaching skills these days, I mean, coaches are everywhere and there are good ones and there are less good ones. Yes. But, but would you advise people to, to, to network with those who, as you put, are, are smarter, more clever, um, more creative? I think surrounding yourself with the right people. Remember, yes. we're influenced by the five people we're around the most. Yes. If, you, if you do touch the people who have a, a different way of thinking... I know that's a challenge for some people because they're used to staying comfortable. Right. And yet, how, how do we encourage people to step outside their comfort zone if they want to grow? They've got to try. There's so many options out there. So one, there's like skills translators all over the place, right? right. If you, you can, in my book, I can't remember the, the link, but we have it in the book that there's okay. a skills translator. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Two, connecting with those that have transitioned already. Right. You've got those veterans that have already transitioned. Mm-hmm. Three, get creative, get networked to get out of your comfort zone. Go meet the people that maybe up face-to-face you don't want to, you're not comfortable going up like, hey, I got to meet you kind of thing. LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. When, when I, I ended up, I have a very robust LinkedIn group now because mm-hmm. I did interviews through LinkedIn when I did the book. I did Fantastic. all the interviews through LinkedIn and I had to, I'm still in the military. There's conflicts if I don't do it properly. So right. all the people I reached out to were people that were not in my world. Right. So I learned mm-hmm. about all kinds of people. And then there's other things like Veterati. I don't know if you've heard of them. I have. So mm-hmm. I'm on Veterati and, um, Veterati is really cool. So you can be a mentor, a mentee or both. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is that they go through and pick and say, Hey, that person looks kind of like what I'm interested in. Let's talk. And I did. I talked with somebody one day, and, and, and it was totally organic, and we were just chit-chatting. And then they send you a little follow-up and say, hey, the person that you talked with got a job in doing this. So you kind of feel a little validated that maybe your talk helped them, you know. But it lets you just get ideas. That, that's and that's all the is. key. Oftentimes, they just need a kernel of an idea to motivate out of it. Now, let's talk about the frustration of the family member. This has happened a lot. So the family is terribly frustrated. He or she seems stuck. Um, they're, they're beginning to fall into the depression that you mentioned earlier. Um, there's a malaise. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Um, I'm not sure where to go next. And, and that's not an uncommon early nope. sign. And so as the family member, what would you give as some of the tips that you would use to, to help motivate and, and, do it in, so, in the right way. <laughs> you know what? A little tough love. So, yeah, yeah. It, and, and I speak, you know, the people that are dependents that are in the military get it when I say it. I actually did it to my husband. There was a, a deployment he came back from and it, it was a bad deployment um, and people died. And um, I, he, he came home and he, he had essentially survivor's guilt is what happened. Right. And I remember looking at him and just seeing the flames out in his eyes. And I'm like, huh. And I told him, I said, listen, and he's a very resilient guy. So when this was happening, I was like, oh boy. And I said, listen, you're going to go talk to somebody. And I said, and the agreement is because before you can get out of the military, this is getting situated. Mm-hmm. I said, you go. And I stayed on him until he went. That's and he, very common. Him, it yep. was his provider. It happened to work out that his provider, uh, just his regular flight surgeon provider, actually had a lot of similar experiences. And they were able, that was just enough for him to come back around and be like, okay, like I, I'm here. I got it. 
And and he did. He has a massive amount of resiliency. Not not everybody's the same way, right? So right. you have to t- start with them first, and you got to give them that tough love, caring. I love you, but I'm not letting this go because I love you. Mm-hmm. And then if they're not taking the steps, then you got to drag the horse to the water. Right. And you might have to go make some phone calls and start talking to people, and say, hey, and like. When you're dealing with um, special forces, right? Yes. So calm, careful. Which can be a unique case. Yeah. So wounded warriors, every service has uh, a wounded warrior branch to it. Program, Uh, right. Yes. And if if they've come back wounded and they're in that program, they're called warriors for life. And they stay with them so they can contact them. They can go. There are so many nonprofits. I said I put a ton of them in the book. I've got uh, how many pages in there? And they can start calling it. Honestly, it's the same as what we tell people when we're saying they're networking. Just mm-hmm. talk. You you never yep. ever know what I, I'm telling you. It the craziest things will happen when you just talk. That's and that's often not so simple for people no. to. They're used to being very close. They're used to only those around them who think, yeah, the peers that they're used to. And yet opening up and talking can be a very unusual and alien thing for some people to do. But you're right. If you do it, you'll be amazed at at what comes across because people do cross your path for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yes. Yes. And what happens, you know, the closer network they are, and nobody really wants to say this, but the closer network, when you get into those subcultures and the special right. forces and whatnot, right. they are the ones that also, the person that's injured or, or the person that's, that's not able to give the full amount, mm-hmm. they feel that they're back, they turn their back on them. Mm-hmm. Well, and in some cases, they have. And yes, they have. And whether it's fully true or, or, or perceived, perceived or whichever, it doesn't right. matter. If it's perceived, it's real. That's right. And that's and I, that. And and what's important, too, is I think sometimes very deep specialties. So I'll just pick an EOD specialist, an EOD tech. They often want to talk with other EOD techs. There are groups out there yes. where you can talk to your specialist who will relate to what you I know the POC for the EODs. There's there you lot. go. I already know him. <laughs> so listeners, you've got extra yes. contacts coming in. Um, we have yes. to go on the final break for the show, and we will come back and continue to talk with Donna Hoffmeyer about Warrior to Patriot Citizen that goes into some of the lesser discussed aspects of transition, but the very important ones that will help you succeed in the civilian world. We'll be right back after these short messages. Don't go away. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break, and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. 
Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. Donna, I'm, I'm just curious because you mentioned this when we talked prior to the show that there are differences in transition from the different military branches. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I mean, it, um, there's a so lot of similarity, but there is what do a you lot see some of the differences? It's, it's the culture. So, it's, all right, I'm Air Force, and I can only speak intelligently to Air Force, and all services drive each other. There's no doubt about it. We, we've heard the chair force. We've, we've heard our hotel stories, and I, I get all that. But when you're when you're getting down into the transition part, um, I, I the stuff that I'm going to say is probably a little more personal experience than actual reality. Mm-hmm. So I see the Navy have an exorbitant amount of people that go on and do some amazing things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when there's like these big nonprofits starting and there's these big known things, it's the Navy. I've always I'm like. What is with the Navy? The Navy people get out and do these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just noticing it that way. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know what's going on there because my experience on the medical side, the Navy's not as supportive. <laughs> well, they're, but, they're, they, they're actually being counseled by the other branches because I think they've realized that they – they, there's a lot that people can learn to be more supportive. Each Wounded Warrior program, as you know, came up separately. Yes. And the Marines started it, and then it then it went on yes. from there. And so there's still some growing pains, and there are cultural differences, and there are little little barriers around each of the service branches. But they are starting to learn that integrating the best practices of each other yes. is a very good way to go. And are you seeing and, that as well? Yes, I absolutely. Am. So the things that I'm seeing, like um, TAPS class, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody coming out, go ahead. it's mandatory that everybody right. comes out has to go to TAPS. And I had to go a little bit when my husband was retiring mm-hmm. um, just for like the spouse part of it. And what was interesting was to walk in and see a Marine guy there and a Navy guy there and an Army guy there along with all the Air Force people. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's awesome because it's DOD. It's, you know, DOD seeing it going like, hey, everybody needs this. And it's getting pushed to the Guard and Reserve. That is one place that it got lack, was lacking mm-hmm. is that they would get out and, and they're like, okay, I'm out. And it was like the door slammed behind them. And then they're just standing in this abyss. And they're like, what do I do now? And now it's mandatory for the Garden Reserve to also go to TAPS class. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there was a fallacy, I think, probably years and years ago that, well, you know, they have their civilian jobs. So, I mean, you know, what do they need, right? And that's not true. And especially with more and more deployments going on. So I think we're coming together more. Um, The Wounded Warrior programs are are aligning up more. Mm -hmm. Um, They really are. They are. And there's more, I've seen this just through the talking with different people that there's, there's more, um, networking with the military. So some of these nonprofits are trying to hold, like say, Hey, we'll 
catch your guys when you send them out will help you with the transition because, hey, I was just in the service two years ago and now I'm working at this nonprofit and, hey, bring your guys over and we'll try to help in this transition period. So, and it's becoming more okay Mm -hmm. to struggle with transition. And I say that loosely, but if you're admitting that there's a struggle, then we also know there's a solution. So, so because we're admitting there's a struggle, now we're all trying to find solutions and that's, you know, right. Good. I also have a thought and this is what I do with a lot of the uh, families with the caregivers that I, I meet on veterancaregiver.com. We've often found that if you are stuck, if you find one of the service organizations that offers you an ability to work together with other veterans toward a purpose, maybe it's a community project, maybe it's working in disaster relief, maybe it's anything mm. that's related to something that is local and brings you together with those that understand the military and the civilian side of things do that until you're able to figure out where you want to go because helping other people when you are serving it's in your culture your dna to continue to serve so by continuing to serve in whatever capacity it is often helps you to get clearer thinking on you know I am enjoying this or I'm enjoying mentoring other people or maybe I want to become a coach. Maybe I need to go back to school. Maybe school's not for me. Maybe I need a trade because I am excellent at fixing, you know, vehicles. So whatever it may be, I often give that suggestion. Do you believe that's a good thing? We have a whole chapter, connect with your community. Well, there you go. The whole chapter is on that. And, and, you know, it's broken down into connecting with individuals Mm -hmm. and and connecting with organizations and connecting with the grassroots community. Mm -hmm. So it's, yes. I mean, seriously, yes. And it's interesting because I was just up at a conference um, in June and I've talked to a lot of people there and I talked to some people before and what has blown my mind is to hear how many people have come out, gotten jobs, mm-hmm. and have either been let go, right, fired, or said, no, this isn't working. And I have heard, and I, I had somebody tell me this, and I was like, this guy's crazy. And it was a guy that I um, met. He, does a, uh, he works at a rehab place. He does like their business development and stuff. And he was telling me, that, you know, when I hire people, I like to see the veterans have already had one civilian job already that they've right. been let go at. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you, why? Because the goes, retention <laughs> is so difficult. Yes. And I, so then that led me as I got interviewed by different people to, they started telling me their story and I will be damned. Sure enough, these people are like, yeah, this, you're doing a podcast, and he's telling me about how he went to corporate, mm-hmm. and he was working this corporate world, and an extremely long story, but he ended up getting let go, and the reason why he let, got let go was because he was told he was too passionate, and the people that worked underneath him couldn't handle it, and I said, how many of those people were veterans? Because this was a uh, government-contracted company, right. and they, he said, like, two, where the right. leadership was happy with him. The subordinates were not, and right. they they got him. 
And I well, went, they're often <laughs> exemplary employees. They yes. arrive on time. They go the extra mile. They do more. So yes. that can be threatening in some environments. Yes. And then I had somebody else tell me just recently that they were working on some project and they had their team mm-hmm. and they they kept like blowing it out of the water. Whatever they were doing, they were meeting their suspenses. They were beating their 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 uh, projections and the boss came to them and said hey can you Tony not Dunlow? celebrate so yes. much yeah <laughs> and they're like he's like what he goes these are my people I, I want to say good job and he goes yeah but you know other teams are a little frustrated oh, what dear. Uh, well but see that real stories i, I mean that's say that that's happening in our culture generally but it is um i i think that the the people that we know in the military they're not sacrifi- they're not satisfied with mediocrity no. and and yet there are great swaths of the country that are content with I, I won't call it mediocrity but they're content with the status quo and so when you come in and you change the dynamic it's not always comfortable for that environment but then please go find the right environment because you will be a huge asset to the right environment. Exactly that. I mean, we're taught that wherever we're planted, we're going to grow to the best of our ability, right? That That's that in the military and we get it. And I can assure you it's a struggle sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you do it and you come out and you forget that you get the choice. Right. You, if you don't like that, leave it you're going to be helpful somewhere else just like you said you you will be and your passion will be will be applauded and will be loved in the right environment you just have to find it and, and it might be doing something on your own you know like well, i mean i already know entre- the, the vetrepreneur numbers are higher than they've ever yes. been yes and let me tell you i i, I know a ton of them now I, a ton a ton of them and i get it and I, I get, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine got out and she's a real estate agent and we were talking and she's very successful in her first year. Mm-hmm. She sold over 10 houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in San Antonio, Kristen Smith is awesome. So anyway, <laughs> she, I'll leave plug it there. For but, okay. Plug for Kristen. But she told me, she's like, I, you know, I sold 10 houses. I was like, oh my God, your first year. She goes, yeah, typically your first year in real estate is like two houses. Mm-hmm. I said, how's that going? And she goes, well, I was when I started working, I go, are you working on a team? And she goes, Oh no, no, no. I wanted to do this independently. And I go, what do you notice with the people? She goes, when I first walked in there, it was like, Hey, Hey, we like you. And now not so much. They're a little standoffish because she's succeeding. Uh, But she will succeed. And eventually she will have a team because she will attract them to her and she she will will mentor them. She yep. will build her team if she wants it. She said, That's I do not to, not to join a team. And I got it because she's a very driven person mm-hmm. and she's very smart. And uh, she says, yeah, I'm, I'm like, Ooh, bring on. I want more. I love this. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's the other thing. Yeah. Challenging. Challenge is normal to the military. Yeah. Challenge they're given daily multiple times a day. And they're they're expert at handling the challenges. It, you just said it, bring it on. And yeah. that's really, really important. I want to give your website again, warrior to patriot com, And we have about two and a half minutes left. Talk about anything I may have missed asking you that you feel is really vitally important to make sure that we have, or another story that it, it 
gives an example of what can be done if you do the transition with an open mind and a lot of energy. Well, um, honestly, the story's long, so I won't, I won't too long for the segment, but in the book, chapter 10, is one entire story of a service member that was a private in the Army, and he is now a successful entrepreneur, yeah. built a business, just sold the business, and he's literally in Curacao now for a month with his family. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The guy's a trip and a half. Um, and and he did it. And, and honestly, we did this interview, like I interviewed everybody else. And then I realized, like my, my friend actually did the interview for me. And I said, hey, wait a minute, he embodies our whole story. And we wrote a whole chapter on him. So it can be done. It, it's not easy. Who says it's easy? But my God, we did the military for 20, 30, 10, 15, whatever years. If we can do that, we can, we can do anything. Well, what we, does John Maxwell say? Anything worthwhile is uphill. Yes. So, and you know, I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest. My, my webpage is a little behind right now, but the Facebook page usually has all current information on it. And there's Twitter and Instagram that are there too. Um, and the, and is the, book the Facebook is out. page called warrior to Patriot yes. citizen? It says okay. warrior to Patriot citizen book launch. That's what it'll say at the end of it. Okay. And just for your knowledge, the book itself is out the paperback. Okay. What's, what's in pre-order is the ebook. Good. The the updated book, I just launched the updated book. I put new resources, like I added on some resources to it. Good. And um, the audio book will hopefully be out, and uh, hopefully everything will be out for Veterans Day. That's our goal. Well, you're very smart to give it in all those formats because yes. people consume their information in different ways, and it's very important. Again, that's warriortopatriotcitizen.com. The Facebook group is known by the same name with book launch at the end. And Donna, thank you so much. You're a breath of fresh air in terms of talking about some of the things that really matter and make for make or break a yes. successful transition. And, you know, your wisdom today has been most helpful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You will also be able to find this show on um our websites and we will post this shortly and on Facebook and we are so pleased to be able to give you some different perspectives on topics that you may be weary of hearing about but you will not miss getting excellent resources from this one thank you again we'll talk to you again next week make it a wonderful week and take advantage of what we're given Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your